Hello and welcome to Bravo Bravo Effing Bravo. Hi, Mariana. Hey, baby gorgeous. Oh, how are you? Good. So I got a little bit of a shiver of like pleasure from Baby Gorgeous. <laughs> I love Here I was that. thinking like I'm not going to miss Salt Lake, but when you said that, I was just like, oh. I know, right? After a couple of weeks, you do miss it, no? You do. Although I saw a tweet of someone being like, I'm at an event with Heather Gay. I can't wait to read her book. And I was like, Bleh. Yeah, I'm going to pause Cafe on reading her book. I need a break from Heather Gay. Yeah. She's not Robin disappointing, but I was disappointed. Oh, that bitch. That Robin. And then I kind of feel bad saying that about Heather because I know that her writing her book made her obviously relive stuff and go through a lot. And I'm like, can I just give her grace as a human being? And then part of me is like, no. (laughs) See, like we all want grace and then we're not prepared to give it to the talent. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm a little topsy-turvy today. Girl's premenstrual. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Did I write any Bravo news this week? I don't think I did. Okay. Do you know of anything cracking? No, no, let's just check the sizzle later. Yeah, I know Joe Gorga's getting sued. Oh, I mean, well, that's the standard. About the house that was on the show tonight. Ah, was it that house? Yeah, apparently he didn't pay a contractor or some shit. I don't know. Oh, boy. There's always two sides, right? Someone's like, you didn't pay me, and then the other person might say something like, yeah, you didn't finish the job or you botched the You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's yeah. the, the case, but, well, we're only seeing, like, the civil lawsuit, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not – there's no more details other than what they're suing for, so. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about Jersey? Did you enjoy this week's episode? Um, I felt like this episode was – I don't want to say filler, but, yeah, I liked it. But I can't say, like, I was terribly excited. I only wrote two pages of notes, dude. That's just so not me. Yeah, that's not you. (laughs) Normally I write, like, five. I enjoyed it. There were some moments in there which I thought were just so fun. Mm. Like the the Louis-Theresa phone call where he's writing down the notes for her. Oh, my God, you're right, yes. Fuck me, that was so funny. That was. I did lol. (laughs) Those two dummies communicating with each other. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. It was funny. And for, like, <laughs> Teresa and Joe to say, like, two words to each other and then both their partners being like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. That was an amazing conversation. I was like, what were they hearing? I know. That's true. That is true. No, you're uh, right. It was a good episode, but I don't recall feeling, like, very, like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Yeah. You can't yeah. have everything. Maybe I have just high expectations for Jersey, but it was a good episode. I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, well, let, let's unpack it. It's housewarming history lesson, by mm. the way. We start with the boys getting home from guys' night. Mm. And it's just like a fun little montage of all the ones that we don't really care about. Like, mm. we only care about Joe and Louie in the aftermath. I only care about my OGs at this point. I'm, yeah. <laughs> it takes me a long time to warm up to someone. Fucking hell, I'm harsh. Well, I think the thing with Jersey as well, it's like with the new girls, I've got to warm up to them for 10 episodes. And then I've got to warm up for the husbands as well at the same time. Like, no, I'm going to need... I'm going to need to know the girls before I know their partners. It's true. They expect a lot from us, don't they? God, they do, don't they? <laughs> so we go to Teresa and Louis moving pool furniture to prepare for the party and the demagogues are renovating that house that he's getting sued about and that's when we get their duelling recollections of last night. Question. Yeah. We saw this house at the end of last season, right? It was that red brick old house. Oh, Did yeah. they knock it down? Mm. Because I'm sitting there going, there are no remnants of this old house. (laughs) And I'm not saying like it was the most gorgeous house ever, but I don't know. Surely like you're buying an older house, there's things about the physical 
house that you want to preserve, like older features. The right? fireplace and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, all that kind of shit. I was a little disappointed because I was really looking forward to seeing them renovate this old house. And I'm like, this, this is like a full mod construction. Right. Yeah, I didn't really pay much attention to it. But I'm not expecting a huge taste level from the demagogues. It's probably better than anyone else's on Jersey. Well, there's that. Except for the Marge, because you know how obsessed with the Masoni she is. I love Marge's taste to observe it. I wouldn't live in that. Oh, God, no. Because it's like a hangover's worst nightmare, but (laughs) I still like to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. Is the crux of what they're talking about, it's all about the podcast Mm. and the putting the food on the table. Is Melissa saying that it was an analogy? Because like we know that doesn't work. No, she wasn't saying it was an analogy. Did she, did she actually feed the kids? Like, I'm, I'm unsure on what her involvement was. She's saying that Joe needed to do this show because he wasn't working, as in Joe Judice. He wasn't working, he wasn't earning any money, and they agreed to be on the show with him and that allowed him to have a show for someone for him to talk to. As in, he couldn't just be on camera on his own and talk to the camera. He needed people to feed off. And they agreed to do the show effectively. Without them, Joe wouldn't have been able to do the show. Therefore, Joe wouldn't have been able to put food on the table. Okay, that's a stretch. I get what they're saying. What they're saying and what they're saying very poorly is, when my family needed me, we showed up. And that is constantly overlooked and we're constantly being told, you're never there for me, you never put family first. And they're like, what are you fucking talking about? When you went away, we did everything we could, including participate in a show. And I'm like, bitch. That's bullshit. You got paid to be on the show. Everyone knows you're thirsty for the cameras. Yeah. You didn't do the show as a favour to Joe. No one's begging. Yeah. And and like... Sorry, Melissa, when your network, when Bravo says, hey, be on this show that you're a cast member of, like, I mean, it's ridiculous. You got paid to be on the show. The show wasn't about the Gorgas. The show was about Teresa and her family and you're her family. You didn't have to agree to do it. I thought it was a low blow from Melissa and Joe to say that. They should have just said, we are constantly there for our family when they need us. And then as soon as it's done, it's like it never happened. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to the grocery store, they're buying a trolley full of food, they're dumping it on the table, get fucked. This is my theory. I think that Joe and Melissa have probably financially contributed to Teresa's family at some point Mm -hmm. and they're not saying that so they're using this as an example instead and why they're pissy is like, you know what we could be saying and we're not, So Mm. why are you getting on this bandwagon? And this is the problem. You can tell that something's off. Yes. Either Melissa and Joe are that up themselves and are that stupid to bring up the we participated in a Bravo show for you. I mean, get real. (laughs) If you have financially contributed or if you were taking the kids to dance and participating in the day-to-day upbringing of those girls while Teresa was in jail, then just say that and leave it on its own merits. And if Mm -hmm. you don't want to talk about a financial contribution because you think that that's going too far, then just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, just shut the fuck up. I oscillate from feeling bad for Joe and Melissa to not feeling bad for them because ostensibly, I said it before, Teresa and Joe want their sibling to show them unconditional love, which I can't stand that phrase because I think it's bullshit, but that's what they want. And no one's willing to go first. 
Mm-mm. Well, you can see it with this phone call, like oh. how awkward they are together. It was so and- awkward. <laughs> yeah, Louis writing on the pad and then circling what he's written for her to say. She oh. said, want to make peace. <laughs> Did he just write peace or make peace? No, he wrote want to make peace. Oh, okay. And she literally and- said it verbatim instead of putting it in a sentence. <laughs> Pretty much. That sounded like it was actually coming from her. Want to make peace? Like, yeah. you want a peanut butter and jelly? Like, what the fuck? I don't think she knew what she was saying. And did you notice that he's saved in her phone as Joey brother? Like, you know, that thing where you save the last name as how you remember them from? Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like Dave Plummer. I just think, is that so she remembers that that's her brother? Like, is she that dumb? How many Joes do you think she knows? I reckon she's got about 12 fucking Joeys in her phone. 12 Joeys, 18,000 Joes. <laughs> Uh, probably about 15 Josephs. What, two Joe Gorgas? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, there were two. Bless. Is there, is there not a son called Joey? Oh, his son is Joey. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant the dad. No, yes. <laughs> okay, so now I'm seeing why she's <laughs> yeah. got Joey brother in her phone. Yeah, okay. exactly. She'd probably, I reckon she'd have at least three or four Joeys. <laughs> well, um, do you have any other thoughts about this phone conversation? No, man, I think we we, we, um, yeah. we did that one to death. Sure. Okay, so then we go to Dolores for a check-in with my two favourite side characters, her mum and Frankie. Oh, and her dog named Dog. I know. <laughs> what is it with Dolores' family? I'm starting to understand what her ex, David, sees in them because... I'm like, I hate a side character. You know I hate a side character. Oh, yeah. There is not one side character in Dolores' life that I don't get excited to see. Oh, I'm so excited. Her mother is the only mother that I know that her name is Valerie. Yeah, if I was Teresa getting married, I'd invite Valerie. Hell I'm not yeah. inviting Melissa's parents, but I'm inviting Valerie. And I wouldn't call her Valerie. I'd call her Ma. The way ma. that Dolores says, Ma, Ma. I'm like, I love <laughs> it. I love it. I know. I love how she had cake for breakfast, but she hadn't had cake all week, so that's good. My next question was, what day of the week is it right now? Because if she turns Uh, around and says it's Wednesday, I'll be like, bitch, that's only two other breakfasts. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I just love this family. I get it. I get why David is obsessed with this family. I used to think it was weird, but now realise I'd be exactly the same. Uh Uh-huh. Well, they just talk about Frank and Paulie's relationship. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? I feel like Frankie Jr. is has like the same voice as his dad, just squeakier. Like it's (laughs) just like the same rhythm of of speech. It's uncanny. Oh, yeah. It's strange, man. And the other thing is last week I think I said that Paulie needed to be a bit more like understanding of Frank's position And I'm not necessarily, like, backtracking on that, but I'm really enjoying how in confessional in this scene Dolores said, you know what, Frank will get over it. And I just thought, you're not wrong. It's not up to her to look after Frank's feelings on this one. It's up to Frank to look after her feelings on this one for once. Mm-hmm, period. Like him having the relationship that she allowed him to have is was his privilege. Uh-huh. Well, so speaking of working on relationships, so then we head over to Jennifer and Bill having dinner and there's some tension there. She essentially just wants someone to gas her up. And I don't know if Bill wants to do that. Yeah, yeah. He's not seeing the red flags is what I think. Uh, Jen's red flags? Yeah, the red flags that she is extremely hurt and oh, not yeah. over the fact that he cheated on her. Now that it's out, like it's out in public, 
is I mm-hmm. think the first time she's started processing it and it's proving very difficult for her. And I'm not, I'm not enabling her behaviour and excusing it, but you can see that she's more than struggling. How's this a shock to Bill, though? He can go back and watch last season's confessionals with Jen where she's saying all of this. I, yeah, I think he's just hiding from it. He doesn't want to deal with it. When she says, we're fine, we've moved on, he's taking her at her word because it suits him. Uh-huh. It suits him. Uh-huh. And the, him telling her, you know, how she was talking about, like, spoiling the kids and he's like, well, this is your problem. You're giving them things based on your guilt, yeah, good run. not on any other reason, and you've got to deal with your own issues. And that triggers her. She's triggered by that. Yeah. And that's why she got mad. And because he's this even-keeled guy emotionally, he feels like that she's the one that's got problems and not him and she does have problems and the fact that he's not expressing any remorse that to me shows that he's got more problems mm-hmm. all right well so then we do uh lunch with jen tesla and the pointy nosed one rachel rachel and F- i'm just calling her fessler and jen and jennifer are the same person so jen fessler okay. to me is fessler yeah it is annoying i just wish they wouldn't have cast her <laughs> what you don't like jen fessler I don't like two people with the same name. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with Jen. I am as obsessed with Jen Fessler as Rachel is. Obsessed. I love really? her. I love her. I'm re- I'm reading fake from her. Fake? Uh-huh. Don't you think she's like just a slightly less funny version of Marge? Maybe Marge has had her time on this show. <gasps> yes. What has she done this season, Mariana? She's done nothing. I'm obsessed. She's fought with Jen. I'm obsessed with her. She gives Mm. Jen a sparring partner. That's what she does. Well, Jen's not wanting for a sparring partner, apparently, because she's getting into it with everybody. Okay, I just, uh, Marge is my spirit animal on this show. And Jen Fessler is not that far behind. I'm obsessed with them. Well, so this convo I thought was a bit boring. Basically, they're setting up that Jennifer, Jennifer talked shit to Tesla about Margaret. And to Rachel about Dolores. Yeah. What annoyed me with this this Rachel, mm. where she's like, I don't want to engage in gossip because it's so high school. And I'm like, bitch, have you ever watched the show? And like, second of all, do you realise you're gossiping right now? You didn't think it was funny when she said jealousy is a disease, get well soon, Jennifer Aiden? No. You didn't think that was funny? Okay, why did my voice go up like that? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I don't know. You are not into this Rachel or the Fessler. I'm not, actually. I don't think I am. Are you into any of the new girls yet? I like that Danielle. No, I hate Danielle. No, I like Danielle. If she takes on Evan's wife, I'm going to be really pleased. Wow. Okay. I just don't don't sit on a show, my favourite show, and then bitch about how you don't like gossips. It's like, excuse me, bitch, we're all gossips at heart. She's gossiping right now. She just, I know. She loves Jen Fessler, so she's on Team Mudge. Mm. And she's on Team Dolores because apparently she's close friends with Frank's girlfriend, Brittany, and somehow that translates into I'm Team Dolores. I love that. Well, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that aspect that. is fun. Yeah. yeah, and I, I must say I didn't really notice Rachel's nose until Jen pointed it out, and, yes, they're as bad as each other. I mean, The dip yeah. is too dippy, so the bottom of the nose looks too Pinocchio. It looks like a skate park. It you does look like it's both of theirs. It's like off of that thing. They do. It's just that Jen's has more of a ramp than Rachel's. Oh, it's quite the off-ramp. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, my God. 
So we're almost at the bubble party. Yeah. But first, Marge and Dolores go shopping. They talk about guys and I, blah, blah, blah. They call Melissa. And the whole big thing is whether or not Joe will attend. Yeah. Oof. We didn't need that scene, honestly. Oh, because no, it was boring two as seconds far. later at the housewarming, before anyone gets there, isn't that when Teresa talks to Gia about the same thing? Yeah, and then Joe FaceTimes Melissa or something saying he's not ready to attend the party. And he texts Teresa. This is what I mean by I wasn't like, oh, my God, with this episode because we had a few little scenes that were unnecessary and I'm like, are you just trying to fill the hour because we're going on about this shit quite a bit. I know, and Joe's still going on about the engagement party or whatever, being sat at the wrong table. This is what I mean. They pick up any ammo they can instead of just talking about their feelings. Yeah, so I want to talk about Melissa's position in all of this because I feel bad for her because he's left her vulnerable going into that shark's den alone. I agree. I'm feeling bad for Melissa. Well, when when she's crying later, it's like... That was genuine. Well, but but I think it's more... She should be more upset at Joe for making her go alone because, of course, she has to go. Well, yes, she has to go, but I, I don't know. Maybe Melissa's just a great actress because... I got the impression that Melissa would have gone whether it was being filmed or not. Right. Because she knows she's stuck between a rock and a hard place. I think her friends were there so she would be going. You know what I mean? Like whether this was filmed or not, if her friends were attending, she'd be like, our friends are going and we're not going, we're going. I think she just realises it'll make it worse. The more you don't go to things, the worse it gets. Exactly. Like you guys say you want to make peace, so you got to start showing up and you got to start being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, and, and that they would have, like if it were me and I was Melissa, I'd be like, you're coming, I don't want to do this alone. Yeah, this isn't fair, you're coming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, Joe's but stubborn. No, Joe's a bitch boy. Jo- Joe not going, it's like I get it, you're hurt. But I'm starting to agree you're a fucking drama queen. It's not just about your feelings. Honestly. And your sister is going through that one of the happiest times in her life and you are raining on her parade and making it about you. Yeah, and like I get you can be feuding with your sister, but like step back and think about the kids who are missing their cousins. And like we see that. I have thoughts on that. Okay, let's, let's talk about it because Melissa has a little – well, no, we get to the party – Melissa has a little chat with the nieces mm. and I think Gia says like, oh, I miss them. Yeah. So wh- what do you think of the cousins in all of this? I feel like Gia's old enough to jump in her own car. <laughs> That's true. And drive her siblings somewhere to meet up with her cousins who are <laughs> yeah. also old enough to not be somewhere with their parents. Like go and pick yeah. them up, get them in an Uber and go, let's meet on neutral ground and hang out and go have lunch and fuck our parents. Like, fuck them. <laughs> like, these kids aren't, like, Gia is not so young that she has to abide by her mother. Yeah, yeah. Get these kids together and go, you know what, guys, we're going to hang out because we can't deal with your shit anymore and make uh-huh. a rule that we don't talk about each other's parents. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. But it's not about that. That's used as an excuse, as a weapon to make Melissa feel bad in that moment. I miss my cousins. Right. If you miss them, get in a fucking car, bitch. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's, that's possible all the time because obviously Melissa and Joe's kids are younger. They can say, no, you're not going. But I don't believe they would do that. 
Mm-hmm. I don't believe they would do that. Uh, well, that that scene with Melissa and the nieces was just so awkward. That was so awkward. It was low energy. It, uh, yeah. Do you know actually what made me really sad? When Melissa what? says in confessional, just after we see that scene, something about, I know they have hate for us. Well, yeah. That made me so sad for her. I cannot believe it. Like, she knows that the kids have hate for her and Joe. That's so yeah. sad. That is sad, but also, eh. But I think also, like, as much as it's sad, I'm like, that's Melissa's way of saying Teresa bitches to the kids about us. Yeah. Barbs are being thrown yeah. everywhere. So, okay, what did you think of the love bubble party overall? Like, we're all over the love bubble of it all. Um, I feel like for a housewarming party, like, I have never put on or been to a housewarming party that was that that was as bougie as it was in terms of the decor and the catering. It's very bougie. They spent some coin, but can we get over that chick in the bubble? Oh my god, that poor woman. The way that Teresa was going on about it, I swear. She's to in god. a bubble. <laughs> I don't know what was more annoying. The sound of her voice when she was talking about the bubble lady or the sound of her voice when she kept saying stepson. I love saying that. Oh, that was weird. That was strange, man. It was the way that she said it, it was just she was introducing this boy, but really it was at the same time I'm like 100% about her. Uh-huh. I like saying stepson. No, you like your love bubble. It's true. Yes, she does. Yeah. It's been a long time since Teresa was be- was in love. Like, we need to give the girl a break, even though She's it's grading so us. She's so self-centred. So when Jen Aiden brings that dumb family tree thing that looks oh. horrible and she goes, oh, it's tree, my name's tree. And I'm like, does she know what a family tree is? Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not tree as in you, it's a tree. This is the one thing that's really hard to deal with when you have a housewarming party. You spend all this money on your guests and then all they do in return is eat your food, drink your booze and bring you shit gifts that you need to find a cupboard for now. It's the worst gift I've ever seen. That was terrible. And what about the one that Danielle gave her as well? It was like, I think she said it was like passport holders or something. I know. What the fuck, bitch? I mean, yes, (laughs) Teresa would love it because I can imagine that her and Danielle have the exact same taste. But that family tree, my thought was, I hope that thing's chocolate so you can just eat it away. She was so jazzed by it. Was she really jazzed by it? I that don't was Ugmo. Like, bitch, you are the one of the richest people there and this is your gift. Is it true that rich people buy the worst gifts? Probably. Like, you can't just go to Prada and buy something cute. Mate, I don't know. So, I mean, everyone arrives at this love bubble party. Melissa arrives alone. Jen Aiden calls Joe the drama queen in confessional, which agreed. She's not wrong. Not wrong. I mean, takes one and no one, but she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. What killed me was when Teresa and Louie get up to do the speech and they're standing on that, like, barbecue bench. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like they could have stood on any other raised platform. I was looking around at that yard mm. and there were so many other places to stand to be above on another level rather than the barbecue. You got a chick in a bubble. You couldn't have got a one by one raised stage piece. Like, I know. <laughs> come down in a bubble like Glinda. Ah, oh, totally. So Teresa thanks her chosen family for attending, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's a shot fired." And yeah, it is. But I don't know if she meant it. Do you think she meant it? I think that she just speaks and doesn't think. That's what Marge said. But when Marge said that, I was like, "No, I thought." I thought it was a shot. I think in her mind she's sitting there thinking, I don't have a lot of family 
and Louis does. So uh-huh. I think that she's careless with her words. And at that moment, Joe wasn't anywhere in her mind and that's the problem. Mm. Joe is grieving the loss of his last family member and I don't think that Teresa actually gives a shit. I really don't. I think that Teresa is an amazing compartmentalizer. Mm-hmm. She is nowhere near as sensitive as Joe. So do you think she cares that Joe didn't show up? Like, because I would care, but she doesn't care. No, I don't think she cared. No. And I'm not saying that deep down she wouldn't care. I'm not saying that she's heartless. I'm just saying that she's a great compartmentalizer and that the minute she decides she's not going to think of someone, that's it. They're out of her mind. They're gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joe could have chosen to be there. That's my thing. Like, She still would have said what she said. And it would have been fine because he's there. Yeah, she so. still would have said what she said. Right In that moment, right. she ain't thinking of anyone but herself. That, oh, that tracks. Once she's cut yeah. someone, she's, she's like emotionless about it. Yeah. It's like a wound that it's like that she's boxed away and it's only when she unboxes it does it hurt. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes Melissa cry. We've, we've talked about that a little yeah. bit. Do you have anything to add about Melissa at this point in time? Um, I liked her outfit to the point that I looked it up. Oh, and is it expensive? Nope. Is it? It's oh. from a, an online store called Forever Unique. The top's like 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gone as far as to look what the pants are. I just, oh, look, the black and white ombre satin blouse is sold out. It's weird, but because on Melissa, it looks expensive. But on the website, it looks cheap as shit. <laughs> so I wouldn't actually have bought it unless I saw it on someone in real life. Melissa looks great in it, and I'm wondering if it's because it was dark out. I don't know. Melissa's got a great body for clothes. <laughs> Anything looks good on her. You're right. Okay, so uh, then the sprinklers go off, and it's battle stations. Everyone makes a huge fucking thing <laughs> like it's World War Three. Oh, my God, because they've all got fucking fake hair. I don't know. <laughs> How do you not remember to turn the sprinklers off, Lou? What an idiot. Yeah. Okay, so then Evan's wife is bitching about the new girl's fashions, like right next to her. What is her damage? She's really been hurt by this demotion because she's acting like a cow. Because then she denies looking her up and down. And I'm like, sorry, last week, didn't you laugh about it? And she calls her not significant. She says that it doesn't matter. She says something like, yeah, her tastes are up her ass or whatever. And she's like, it doesn't matter. She's not significant. And I'm just like, whoa, that is harsh. And not true in the pecking order of this season. Significant. That is a cruel thing. Like, I understand we all say things and we're all being silly, but, ooh, that's harsh. If I heard that, like if I was within earshot, that would sober me up real quick. Well, and yet when Gina Liano said in the first season of Real Housewives of Melbourne, you are an insignificant asshat. Oh, that was I hilarious. laughed and I cried. Me too. <laughs> it was amazing. So it's all about delivery. It really um, is, but isn't if, it? If I was Danielle mm. and I heard this bitch talking about me right next to me, like oh. I'd do the same thing. And I was glad she was just like, well, I can hear her. I'm going to go and confront her. I loved her fucking Edward Scissorhands, like 90s style dance moves with those hands. They were so good. That's what annoyed me about Jackie as well. She's like, don't put your hand in my face, which Bitch, they weren't. They weren't in your face. They were in the vicinity of being near your face. They weren't in your face. She was saying one of those empty lines, which just like cut into someone's argument, which <laughs> I was like, shut up, Jackie. Yeah, yeah. She's just trying to interrupt her flow of thought. Jackie is a sore loser. And it, sweetheart, you're better off not being on camera because your words will be used against you, honestly. 100%. Yeah, I'm not enjoying Evan's wife. No, I'm not. not. The only reason why I'm happy she's there is, you know, on the odd chance we get to see Evan. 
That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Evan can be there without her. Mm-hmm. We don't need her. <laughs> yeah. Soz Jack. So- <laughs> You're not sparking joy right now. Uh-uh. No, ma'am. So, okay. So then Marge brings up the phone call between the gens. How can you not? I mean, how can you not? So they call Auntie Fester over. That's what I'm calling her. Because what? her husband looked like Uncle Fester. I'm sorry. She's Jen. And that's their last fucking name. Fucking fabulous Fessler to me. I love her. Auntie Fester. Don't eat it. Auntie Fester comes her. over. <laughs> and, okay, so Jen Aiden, she's like, it's not a big deal. And then Rachel Fupa, that's my nickname for her. <laughs> um, Rachel Fupa. She uh-huh. butts in. Out of 10, and she's screaming her head off. Yeah, she can't stand Jennifer Aiden. Can't stand her. She's made up her mind now. We're like, what, three episodes in, four episodes in, and she's like, yep, I finally figured it out. I don't like you, Aiden. And I just love how Jennifer just, she'll cut someone to the fucking quick, and she says, you're a fucking idiot, Fupa. (laughs) (laughs) You terrible girl's job. How calm was she said when she said, I felt bad that I was talking about Rachel's terrible nose job. It's like, what? Okay, I laughed at that. I've got to say, just the calm way that Aiden said that, I laughed. Yeah, and it is a distracting nose job. And she does admit, because it's as distracting and awful as her own, she does admit Mm -hmm. that. But does Jennifer Aiden honestly think that she's going to win this argument? I mean, how much tequila has she had? I know, but I feel like she won it by being the funniest. I think she was very drunk. That's part of the course. Yeah, and at least she's like, well, yeah, I said it. It's on camera. I know I said it. And she just, Jennifer's way of winning is not defending herself, period. I love it. She's good TV, not going to lie. She's great TV. Do you have any final thoughts about, like, that last interaction between all of them yelling at each other? No, man, I was happy to see it. Yeah, me too. It's Yeah, like, Jennifer... Just the more people catch her out, the more unbothered she is. Yeah. She is so in the hole right here. Everyone's pissed off at her. Everyone. And she's <laughs> like, I'm not leaving. These are skills I kind of admire, honestly. It looks like she might get a bit bothered next week when we've got Jennifer and Margaret lobbing bombs at each other. And Margaret says that really, like, dark thing. And she yeah. and she throws back another, like, dark comment. But I don't know. I'm excited to see that. And wedding dress shopping, okay. Again, I'm not excited to see Teresa try on 50,000 Agmo wedding dresses. I'm not. Uh-huh. But I would rather watch that than that fucking kitty pink vom party. Oh, I'm not interested in that at all. I don't want to see a kitty party. I, I just, no. No. No, no. Uh-uh. Well, do you want to talk about uh, Potomac or Miami next? Let's just do Potomac. Yeah, let's, let's just get let's just do with. a quick little breeze. Okay, so what this episode was all about the we, we kept talking about Chris without Chris being there. That just annoyed me. I know, just get him out. Now that you've mentioned it, it's all I'm noticing. I am not talking about Chris without Chris being there. This whole season is about Chris. And mm-hmm. now next week we're getting a 90-minute fucking episode. Are you kidding? Uh, do we think that'll be like an hour reunion then half hour with Robin? Well, they'll just play the whole Watch What Happens Live interview. This whole saying that it's like a, a one-on-one sit-down, bitch, it's on Watch What Happens Live. It ain't a one-on-one sit-down. Calm they down, s- Andy. They seem to be indicating that it's an extended version of that chat. Like there's stuff we haven't seen, but... We'll basically get the whole Watch What Happens Live episode plus two more minutes. I'm not interested in that. I'm angry. I'm angry at the whole thing. Robin should do a proper fucking a la Luann sit down with uh-huh. Andy, but she's not going to. Well, do you know what? Like I sort of 
forgot about the whole Robin of it all. And when she said, like, she said something about, like, don't get upset about shit happening on camera. I was like, yeah, good point. And then they flashed, like, to the two weeks later. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's a hypocrite. I forgot momentarily. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? So fun. I am actually mad at Robin. I'm mad at her. What is wrong with me? I'm mad at her. You've been furious for weeks. I have been furious for weeks. I like how you say it like it's new and I'm like, darling, you've been ranting about Robin for weeks. I am so mad at Robin that I am not annoyed at Candace. Now that's crazy. I know. Robin's on my shit list. It's like the Sheldon shit list. It's like, are you on, are you off, are you on, are you off? Right now, Candace is off my shit list. Off, I tell you, off. She, She's not. She's not been annoying me either. I'll have to tell you that. Because I agree with her. It's like I'm agreeing with why she's upset, so I'm not bothered by her rudeness. I was bothered about Mm -hmm. her going after Giselle's quote-unquote dwindling uterus. I was like, why is she not being reprimanded? That is horrible. Uh Horrible. I didn't like that. This is what I don't like about Candace. She goes too far trying to be funny. And she's very reactive. Yeah. Your dwindling uterus. Yeah, it's gross. Why am I repeating it? I'm just, I find it shocking, Mm -hmm. you know, when she says things like that. And no one on that stage battered an eyelid. No one turned around and went, Candace, this is why you're always wrong. Yeah. (sighs) Even though I just said a minute ago that Candace wasn't bothering me. Well, apparently she's. (laughs) But that's good for Candace. (laughs) Yeah, no, that is, yes. Okay, so they, they show the footage of Chris and Ashley's like, well, Okay, that doesn't align with the version of events that Deborah told me about. But she also makes the point that the words didn't match up with the mouth, and and they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. I just didn't believe her, so I didn't go back. No, I was thinking it, and then Ashley said it, and I was like, yeah, that they don't match up, which is you know fine, because I understand the camera's not always trained on Chris Bassett in a room full of people. So the audio <laughs> we hear from Chris is not in sync with his mouth movements. No, so he could very well have been looking at her. Like, when you watch the video, you're like, oh, he's not looking at her at all. But he may have and we just didn't get it on camera. Right. Then why would they fudge the audio? I just don't think they had any other footage of him talking to Deborah, so they just slopped slopped the audio in. Slopped. Slopped. (laughs) Slotted. They did slop it in. (laughs) They slopped it in. Anyway, I don't really really care. Yeah, let's pause on Chris until he comes and has a chat. They talk about the live shows, which I don't care about. Yeah. Okay, so then we get a little bit of Mia versus Wendy, and they're Mm. all just, like, comparing it to the Monique Candace assault, and I still don't see how it's the same. It's not the same. (laughs) They're all saying it's the same. She threw a drink in her face. Did we even, like, the, the season in Jersey with the red wine and the cake? Oh, yeah. Did we even talk about that at reunion about the throwing of the wine or was it focused on the fact that Melissa spent a hundred bucks on a cake or whoever it was <laughs> spent a hundred bucks on a cake? That's all they were concerned about. The yeah. cake, the physical foodness it was and the, the cost of the food. <laughs> like the throwing of the red wine in the face, it was about you did that, not, oh my God, you assaulted me. I know. Like I need Dolores to come on the show, even if it's just like a little video cameo spot and go, girls, get over the wine in the face. This isn't, a, th- this isn't a thing, people. I'm like, okay. It, I, Wendy saying it violated her to her deepest oh core. Sure, that can, that can be her truth. She can feel violated, but also I, I reserve the right to roll my eyes. Um, I'm rolling my eyes because while she's sitting there saying I felt violated, she said it 
on the episode and she said it again in reunion saying it took everything I had not to beat her up. And I'm like, hang on a second. (laughs) You are saying that you now need freaking PTSD therapy over the fact that you were quote unquote physically assaulted and yet your response is saying it took everything in you not to physically assault someone. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what to say. See, like I would have thought – if I were in Wendy's position, I'd be more upset with the exclusion that happened after it. And, like, that's yes. where I feel bad for her. Like, sure, yes. no one likes a drink thrown in their face, but that's part of the course on The Housewives. Like, get over it. Get over it, but, bitch. It's not, there's no physical um, contact. Yeah, but I'd feel really upset with the other girls who sort of dogged me. Can you sue someone for throwing a drink <laughs> in your face? I, I Probably. I don't is, know. Is that considered assault under the law? Maybe. I mean, grow a pair, bitch. Like, I just, I'm <laughs> sorry, people. If you care, you care. But I don't care. So if you care, yeah. explain to me how, not technically how it's a deal, but why you would actually give a shit. Like, the only thing I, I mean, if someone threw a drink at my face, that is permission for me to slug them in back in the face. And if I don't take that opportunity, my fault. <laughs> You sort of um, sound a bit like Giselle because Giselle's copping some hate online when she said, oh, that's different because I don't like Wendy. I love (laughs) that. I love the honesty of that response. The double standards. I agree that Giselle gives us no storyline. But you know what? When Housewives first started, there were no real storylines. So we need to get over the whole you need to bring me a storyline because if you're bringing it in every episode, if you're bringing it in the scenes with everyone there, then you deserve to be on the show. I do not want any more scenes of fucking Giselle and her children. If, (laughs) If Cal i.e. her only friend, is not in the scenes, then I don't care to see them anymore. But as Mm -hmm. soon as Giselle and Karen are in a room together, it gives me life. So until that day that she is boring in a scene with the ladies, stop complaining that Giselle's there because she's great TV. And come on. She admitted because she doesn't like Wendy. Gold TV. Gold. (laughs) I think it'll be interesting because, like, I think Robin might get fired. Agreed. And so... I think it'll be interesting to see how Giselle fares on Thailand girl trip without Robin as a little trial run for how she might fare without Robin on a main season. I think she'll be fine. And she'll be fine. I think she will be fine. Robin? Yeah. Giselle's a star, just like Karen's a star. Yes, Karen's up her own ass about it, but again, she great TV. She great TV. Okay, a few other little things. So, yeah, Mia says that Wendy gave Peter the cookie. I think she's just lying. I think Peter lied to Mia. And Mia took it as truth? Yep. She yeah, says that makes she's sense. got receipts that it's on the restaurant cameras, but <laughs> I didn't get the impression that she's actually seen it. I get the impression that Peter is a fucking liar. Uh, well, yeah. Peter doesn't get laid as much as he says he gets laid. Yeah. I'm not saying okay. he's not getting laid. I'm just saying Peter acts like every woman he meets wants to fuck him. Mm-hmm. Sit down, Grandpa. Sit down. So they do an unmoderated colorism chat, which I thought was really good. We're obviously not the best ones to comment on that, but I appreciated that it was happening. Oh, my God. I cried. Did you? I just felt such sorrow. I had mm-hmm. to pause and I cried. Yeah. It just, it just, it floored me when Karen said that. It floored me. That's all. Yeah, I'm. I thought it was a good discussion. I thought it was good that Andy sat back because if he was butting in like i think season five we had this we tried to have this chat and it didn't work yeah i think wendy was bringing it up mia was bringing it up and it just wasn't connecting because i think i think andy 
trying to moderate too much, you know? So I think he took the note and I thought him stepping back was a good idea and just asking asking the ladies how they wanted to have the conversation. I thought it was I thought it was well handled. Yeah. I don't know if it'll change like Giselle's mind or anything because they seem to be not as receptive. Right. But okay. but I think for Giselle, yeah, it's not connecting as much as right. they might have wanted, as yeah. Candace might have wanted. The only other thing that happened in Potomac was Jacqueline came. And I forgot about Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Forgot she existed. Okay, so I guess yeah, you t- sorry, you're leading the episode. <laughs> well, no, I don't really have much to say because as soon as she came on, I was like, oh yeah, and then I sort of didn't care about her, and then the episode ended, and I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> Jacqueline is obviously mad. I feel like Mia is another one like Teresa that once you're cut, you're cut. Oh yeah. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I feel like Jacqueline is just playing the victim. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's not acknowledging her part in the friendship breakdown. And I just think it's funny how this is the first time in their friendship that Jacqueline it does not want to make up with Mia. And it's probably the first time in their friendship that Mia's broke. Right. It's like she's gotten over shit that Mia said before. Mia said on numerous occasions, we have said worse <laughs> to each other. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you've gotten over it before when there was a gravy train. Yeah. And now the train ain't stopping at your station. All of a sudden you're gooped, you know, and aghast. Yeah. Like, really, bitch? And yeah. it's like, I gave you my sister. It's like your sister babysat for you, I'm sure. You didn't pay her. Mia has hired this woman as a nanny. No, you don't get your babysitter anymore. She's currently employed somewhere else. Right, right. I'm bothered by this quote-unquote fake bestie. We won't be seeing her ever again. No, we won't. We won't. (laughs) So I'm not getting attached. Um, Any other final thoughts on this reunion? Boring. Boring. Okay, so let's go to Miami. Yeah. This is all the aftermath of... The Adriana's broken foot slash could have broken foot with the Frankie comment. See, the opposite of Potomac is Miami. We covered the wrong motherfucking show, dude. I know, we always do. I know. (laughs) This show is gold. This episode was so good. So good. The way Adriana just kept trying to explain herself and it's like, just shut up. Just shut up. up. (laughs) So true. And she just couldn't shut up. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) And like, even when Alexia and Larsa walk off, she's still trying to explain to them. And it's like, shut up. But Nicole says, I understand both sides. Why is Nicole saying, I understand your side? I know, it's crazy. There's there's no side to understand. You wrong, bitch. You is wrong. (laughs) That's it. And the way that foot healed up so quick that by the end of the episode, she's standing. I was like, you, you are so annoying. Nicole is a doctor. She said to her, it's bruised. You will be fine in a couple of days. <laughs> but, but it could have broken in a million pieces. Yeah. A fucking meteorite could have crashed and crushed you. <laughs> Same thing. What do you think of Julia dumping a bowl of ice on Mary's soul? That was random. Uh, I think Julia is... Okay, I'm very consumed with Australian Survivor at the moment. And to mm-hmm. me, Julia mm. is like Flick. Oh, I hate Flick. I hate Flick. Oh, my God. Yeah, that makes sense. I will cut this out, but Flick needs to go and wax that moustache. I'm over. <laughs> I am Keep it in. so <laughs> I'm so over her. I'm so yeah, glad too. she's gone. Can't me stand too. her. What is wrong with me? But I'm Team George. What the I, I met him at Mardi Gras. Yes, oh, my God, oh, my God. Okay. 
Okay, people, if you don't watch Australian Survivor, which of course you don't because we don't really get as many Australian <laughs> listeners as I would like, but Nathan met the king of Australian Survivor. No, he's never won, but he's the best player we've ever had. Yeah. He met King George from Bankstown. So he was wearing, I, I was, he, lo- he looks different in real life. Like he had a haircut. Does he I look mean, teeny he's teeny tiny. He's teeny tiny, but his outfit had like feathers. So it was covering up his tribal tattoo. Excellent. So I was standing there and I was squinting at him and I was like, I think that's King George from Bankstown. And then um, I was like trying to peep the tattoo. And then I just got a glimpse of it. And then I was like, hey, George, great tribal the other night. And he was like, oh, thanks. And then I was like, you enjoying watching the show? And he's like, yeah, I love it. And then. Um, we had a little chat and then I was got a pick and then I said, all right, bye. So I didn't meet Andy Cohen, but I did walk right past him apparently. You did? So I saw Andy put up on his stories of the parade, mm. like the float just after me, and I was on the same side that he was from the camera angle and I'm like, damn it, Nathan, if you just turn your well, stupid you neck to the right. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I marched with work. Yeah. Oh. So if I just turned my neck this way, I would have locked eyes with Andy, but I was, I was too busy. I mean, you probably wouldn't have because he's probably isn't he like a foot shorter than the rest of us? That's that's actually quite quite true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So, Survivor. How do we get onto this? Julia is a flick. Obviously, Julia is a flick. She's like tying herself to the wrong camp, and she's going to get voted off the island because of Adriana. And Julia's Uh, lovely. I love Julia. Julia's beautiful. But stop sticking up for Adriana. Stop it. And Adriana was so annoying on that beach where she's like, I have to do groceries by myself. And it's like, what? Um, like, what? You're not even, you're on holiday right now. You're not going to the shops. Oh, my God. She wants them to sympathise with her because she lives alone. And if something happened to her foot, there would be no one to buy her groceries, cook for her, walk her dog and take care of her house. And I'm sitting here going, bitch, you can afford groceries. Mm-hmm. You can cook these groceries to feed yourself. You have a puppy and you have a house to take care of. Like, oh can we get some motherfucking perspective? Yes. Seriously. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? She was so annoying. So annoying. I can't with this woman. I can't. I wouldn't want to have dinner with her either. No. So do you think Nicole did the right thing splitting up the table? Hell yes. <laughs> Hell Yes. I mean, how they were going to make it good for TV, I think they did a wonderful job. Yeah. They really did a wonderful job. And I'm sorry, this mean girls and, like, unpopular girls, Adriana, you are the meanest of the mean girls. You are the mean girl table. Do you not get that? I know. I didn't get how you, like, how she's standing there being like, oh, we're the weirdo table. And it's like, you're you're glamorous housewives on the housewives. (laughs) I know. Calm down. You're not on the weirdo table. You are the mean girl table because you're the mean girl. I know. And then she's crying and confessional about how she feels bad that she said it. And it's like, well, go, go tell that to Alexia. Don't tell that to me. Yeah. She's just gone for the same. I didn't mean it. Well, bitch. That's you- so annoying. And she's crying about only having a year left of alimony. And I'm like, okay, well, start saving then. Get a job. I'm not going to feel sorry for you, bitch. You make like what? At least the minimum she'd be making on this show is $100,000. She's probably making $250,000 from being on this show. You're not poor. Okay? Oh, my God. I loved when Alexia said, when um, Nicole and I think Gertie walk over and Alexia says, no, pick a side. And Nicole's like, it's not dodgeball. (laughs) (laughs) And so just them going back and forth and drinking and then the cakes being delivered to the wrong table. That's classic. You know Nicole wanted to sit 
at the Alexia table. But We all did. <laughs> we don't want to sit with mopey mopestress with the broken foot that's not broken. But because the idea that she had told everyone is she was throwing a party for Kiki and for Julia, she couldn't leave Julia. Julia should have sat at the Alexia table. Julia just needs to jump ship because she's going to get voted <laughs> off the island. That's all she I'm saying. She could never do that. It reminded me of, you know, that scene in Mrs. Doubtfire where Robin Williams has to dress up as Mrs. Doubtfire for the table with them and yes. then he goes to the bathroom, gets into boy drag and meets the other people and then he's back and forth. Uh, <laughs> Good times. And what about how Adriana was like, Oh, I did so much work for you, Julia. I brought all these little props and things and it was one little Russian nesting doll on the table. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the saddest table decor. Bugsy would not be impressed with that table decor. And she's Bugsy. like, I brought it from Miami. And it's like, okay, bitch. Bugsy. Oh, good times. Oh, my God. That was so fun. That was so good. Oh, my God. The fucking, when Adriana stands up without the wheelchair when the music plays. What an idiot. What a mold on you, honestly. She's such so a buffalo. Music video, launch party. What'd you think? I just loved when they were like, there was an invite elsewhere as yes. the excuse for why some of them didn't come and the elsewhere's just Marisol's house. <laughs> Bitch had caviar, okay? I know where I'd rather be. Oh, the caviar king. I would have gone there. Yeah. Not that I would have eaten the caviar, but I would have eaten out the caviar king. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Oh, and all I was going to say was how amazing does Kiki look, but you're right. Caviar King was hot. Yeah. And then we find out about the fucking Bumble. Oh, I know. What the fuck, Adriana? Like, if you're going to lie, lie correct. Okay, so I've never been on a dating app, so I didn't know that about Bumble, that chicks have to reach out to a guy first. They can't reach out to her. Yeah. So she reached out to Marisol's ex. What a dope. What a dope. And, like, I love how even when they're filling Lisa in on it all, Lisa's like, oh, well, you have to send flowers. And she just sent a text saying, <laughs> my bad. Not even, like, a proper apology. My bad? Do like, you think, what? Do you think that's language barrier? But then I'm like, you're both, you both speak Spanish, don't they? Oh, no, no. She's from Brazil. She speaks Portuguese. Okay. But, you know, sorry is not a hard word to learn. That's true. But my bad. Whoops. <laughs> not great. And then her speech at the music video party was like, thank you guys for coming for not being a fair weather friend. And it's like, they're mad at you for a reason. They're yeah. not mad for no reason. Yeah. Oh, she's exhausting. I do like that song. Miami's on fire. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it is. A the video was song. dreadful. Oh, the video was so Candace music video one in a car park. Low budget. Yeah, it was totes <laughs> low budget. I mean, we were on a yacht, but. This is the thing. This bitch is trying to, like, claim she's poor. How much did you spend on that music video? How much? That no one's going to watch. I know. For your hobby. For your hobby. (sighs) Oh, my God. Okay, so, you know, I didn't watch Old Miami, but this Leah meeting with Lisa, (gasps) is that a big deal? Did you enjoy that? I loved seeing Leah Black. I love Leah Black. I love her. Do you think she's back next season or is this just a little taste? No, she doesn't want to be on. She doesn't need to be on. She doesn't? She's, like, rich. She's so rich. So okay. her husband is like one of the biggest named lawyers in Miami and she could be on Beverly Hills. She lives in Beverly Hills as well. She lives there a lot. She's really good friends with Jeff Lewis and I listen to his oh, yeah. radio show when we get it on podcast because we can't get Sirius XM. We can't get that in Australia. Right. So I'll listen to it on, on like the podcast app and she's on it all the time. She's always in LA. I love her. I love her. 
She was yeah. my favorite cast member of Miami, but she don't need the money. She only she, was she on doesn't. the she was only on the episode one for Lisa and two to spruik her skincare. So Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so then Lisa's also at the end of this episode meeting with the mother-in-law and then she's sort of shocked that the mother-in-law is seemingly siding with the son, which I I mean, I think is expected. Yeah, but at first she was siding with Lisa and Lisa says how Lenny literally told his parents to fuck off and never come back. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I think she's shocked at how quickly it's turned around. But when we saw her on Watch What Happens Live, she said that, she and Marina's relationship isn't the same and that Marina's on Lenny's side because that's her only son. Like, she gets it. but That's what it is. At the time, when you've got Marina going, like in the uh, last episode she was on with Lisa, going, what the hell is he doing? Is he crazy? Is he losing his mind? Mm-hmm. To all of a sudden, victim blaming by saying, well, he doesn't like that you go out. And it's like, how is – it's not Lisa's fault. If Marina had said, that's my son, I'm going to be team Lenny, that's one thing, but she's – Victim blaming. Yeah. She's blaming Lisa, saying you had a hand in why he's gone off and fucked someone else. I mean, fuck off. Fuck off, Marina. Yeah, Yeah, I know. And what did you think of Lisa just pretty much saying in confessional, like, yeah, I might take him back. Like, for the sake of my family, I might. No, it's not for the sake of her family. What's what's it for? It's because she's scared. She's, yeah, she will bitch. change her mind, but it's too soon. She's still in love with the guy. She's confused and she just, in this moment on the show, she just wants the nightmare to go away. Yeah. That's it. Mm. She'll, she'll move on from that. I mean, they're still Hope not so. together in real life. She's got a boyfriend <laughs> in real life and he's hot and rich. So That's great. Yeah. I just hate this Lenny with his plan to move her into the staging house and then go into the big house uh, in October. It's like, fuck off. Like, he's disgusting. He's a pig. He really he's is. He's a totes pig. Um, do you have any other final thoughts on Miami? No, not really. Okay. Do we want to do some sizzles? All right. So I'll go to the page six and see. Sizzle topics. If there's any sizzle topics. Oh, you know, in Atlanta, Drew and Ralph, how we hate him. Oh, yeah. Ralph's filed for divorce. Yeah. Oh, no, apparently the both of them filed for divorce 61 minutes apart, but his filing was first. (laughs) So there's that. Mm, Okay. Stassi, that used to be on Vanderpump, but got fired for being racist. Um, She's having another baby. Oh, wow. Um... Larsa Pippen reveals how oh how her relationship with Michael Jordan's son began. Do we care? No. No. Oh, so did you see um Danielle on Watch What Happens Live? Danielle no, from not Summer yet. House? No. Okay. So she let Andy keep guessing until you know when someone's like, I don't want to tell you details, it's not my thing, but if you guess, uh, yeah. I'll give you every indication that you're right. So yeah. you know how in real life Maya and Oliver broke up while well, he cheated on her? And I think he might still be married. Oh. Yeah. So there's that. Oof. It's nothing really. Okay. Well, it's always good to check because the one time we don't check is when, I don't know, Nini's going to be sent into space as uh, the world's first housewife astronaut or something. So it's always good to check. Yeah. Oh, Katie Rost, what are you doing? Oh, apparently she's begging to come back to Potomac after she's – oh, that's right, because we all know she's working minimum wage after rehab. Mm. Nah, i got nothing. Okay. Well, let's leave that there then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can go to at effingbravo on Twitter and Insta to reach out to us, slide into those DMs, send us pet pics. We do love a pet pic. love a pet pic. And leave a review if you haven't already. I think we've had some nice ones lately, but I haven't paid too much attention, but I appreciate them. We've had some (laughs) sweet ones and they always make me happy. You know. That's nice. They brighten your jewel, people. Your jewel. Jewel. 
day. Oh, of it's course. French for day. I don't speak French. Of I know course. about six words and I use them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Mariana. Thanks, I hope you have a great Nathan. day. You too, darling. Bye. Bye.